Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Rizia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome to the Supermama Sisterhood. Hello. Hello. Hi, How are you? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Supermamas podcast, your favorite podcast with your favorite host, Marisa Lopez, published author. I mean, I've been a published author, Paulina. For the second time. Okay. For the you. second time. Congratulations, sister. This is a week out of your published day. No. Oh, yes. The, the week that this, yes, never mind. Yes, it has been a week. Correct. <laughs> Uh, this is a week from your published date. Mm-hmm. How is everything? Tell me, ¿cómo te sientes? What's happening? What's going on? I'm going to tell you what the best thing about published date has been, aside from mm-hmm. all the greatness. The fact that I can like do things for myself without feeling guilty, like my brow tint, like my lash lift, like these wonderful <laughs> nails. <laughs> because I have events and I have things and I have to like get myself together fast, fast. And, you know, I just, every time you mm-hmm. have like an event or something, you want to make sure you have, you know, you're just put together. Yeah. And let course. me tell you, I've never been so put together <laughs> than right now. Well, you know, you had an event last week and I had like four events last week. Well, one of the many events that you had, it was, uh, or, or team was there and our event manager sent me a picture and he said, Nunca he visto a Brisa tan guapa como hoy. Ay, and he sent me a bunch of pictures. He sent me a bunch of pictures. Shout out to Jaime. And he was like, okay, put, so, wow. Okay. So I, your girls have been working out. You know that. I've been, you know, uh-huh. I've been training. You know how I, I take it very serious. I've been working out and on and off, but you know, I get spurts of weeks. That's what I was going to say. You're still working out. That's great. Yes. You think nice. this is just, you know, so anyway, Free. so, you know, <laughs> I, I, it was the first time in my life that I felt confident wearing a tube top and full midriff since I was probably nine years old. You remember how I used to love what? wearing my tube top when I was like seven? <laughs> yeah. And I was always with, yeah. my, with my stomach out. So it was yeah. the first time as an adult person that I felt confident and comfortable, but your girl still shitted in her abs. So those photos that you see of me, there's definitely bronzer. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not like Elsa Little Collins level. So, I no. mean, you know, I'm not Elsa level yet, but I, I mean, like I could still I Elsa Collins level. It's like it's like crazy level. Yeah, that, that's like that's, that's like, like master if I level. continue doing what I do for another year and a half, I will reach Elsa Collins level. I'm not at Elsa level, but I can still do it and still use the magic of shading. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I grabbed my like liquid bronzer and I started like shading in the sides in the middle, and I was like, okay. I feel like this will like, <laughs> this will read through in camera. And it did. <laughs> it did. It look, you look great. And everything that you've done so far, it's great. Congratulations. I've seen you top seller on Amazon. You like, know, you know, wow. Seller. Like best seller. Like, you know, it, it's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Thank you to everyone that's gotten the book so far. <gasps> this is the perfect summer gift to give to anyone. There's so many recipes. I mean, we've talked about this so many times, but mm-hmm. honestly, we had the we had the party, we had the lunch party. Everything that we ate that day, I was just like, wow, blown I know. away. I know. Everything and was you know, great. it's so different from the Oaxaca book because I think that Oaxaca, I Oaxaca is Oaxaca and nothing will ever change it. 
But I think people look at their recipes, even if it's something as simple as frijoladas, for some reason, like it, it doesn't call people to make the recipe. I think Oaxaca, people get it because pictures. It's a classic. It's a classic and you have to have it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of having, you know, it's, it's a staple in every kitchen, period. Like that will be mm-hmm. forever. It's classical forever. food. Class, correct. And it's also a love letter to Oaxaca. It was shot in Oaxaca. The pictures, our images, it's just a work of art, I think, that book for sure. But I've never had so many people come up to me. It just like, is this recipe in your book? Is this recipe in your book? Is this like, even uh, the girls that work here in the office, Susie was like, wait, was it? I'm like, yes, that isn't the actual recipe that was then developed for the part. Like, that is, this is, this is it. You can have it. And my husband, friends, seeing people recreate the recipes on the internets has been great and having their reaction. And I just feel so confident with the recipes and I'm just so happy and excited. And I promise you, girls, Supermamas, that this will be your go-to book whenever you want to cook bomb Mexican food. I promise 100%. you. hundred percent. I promise you the recipes are incredible. So very, very excited. Yeah, no, it's super exciting. And plus, you know, we recently did a little, ¿cómo se dice? Encuesta on Instagram. We're like, what does asada mean to you? And people, honestly, everybody, when they said, what does an asada mean to you? People mm-hmm. were just saying family, fun, memories. Fam-. And it's like, it's party food. It's literally mm-hmm. party food. It's a part, like, you want to have a party this weekend in your house, you want to have a party. Pull out this book, mm-hmm. pull out the recipes. People will be like, what? You did this? So. Yeah. Very, very exciting, sister. Very exciting. I also, I also like shout out to you because I was looking at your calendar because we share calendars just so we can schedule things. And I'm looking at your calendar for the next month, and I'm like, Dios mío, like, wow, that's a uh, no. You, oh, no, that's good that you Shout out to my husband. Do you have a husband? Yeah, that's why you have to, you know, keep on, keep on training, <laughs> keep on doing. Shout out to my husband too. But also, I'm telling you, it's like at this point, he can't say no to me. You know, it's like I gotta go get my nails done. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the girls coming to what you do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's like amazing. It's like I don't feel wow. guilty about doing all of this. To kind of like, oh, I gotta get up. I gotta, I gotta exercise. I gotta, I gotta get in my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything is like yes, 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 yes. So it's awesome. <laughs> You're like, damn! I need to start writing the next book. I'm so like, I need to do, do another book again. soon. No, no. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not right now. Well, you know, shout out to you. Thank you to all the super mamas shout out for to you. You know, getting them. Because yes, that party was great, but you fucking ran that party. I'm like, listen, what? between you and Evelyn, you guys can take over the world. <laughs> we could, huh? <laughs> Dude, you and Evelyn have formed a very, like, a very unique, powerful relationship to where now you guys work seamlessly. And yeah. even the phone I call, know her, but I know. But even the phone calls we had to prep for the event were so different than the initial like event prep calls that we used to do. Remember when we used to. Because Evelyn was super on social. And <laughs> ma- this, like, I t- like at the end of the party, I was like, ah, low-key, like, I kind of want to do more events now. I don't know why you doubt it. Like, I'm like, we literally have, like, a production house, know, you know? We, ha- we, we totally do. do that. We do. We should call Super Mamas Productions now. And, but it was amazing to see just, you know, like, even the call, the production calls, and just how different this was and felt and... Yeah, you ran that. You I mean you you put it together. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, a, it was a lot of work. That's why I'm Evelyn. like that thing was kind of like a blur. I don't remember that day, but it was good. I mean, I like it. I I really enjoy that. I, yeah, I noticed you, that. I you really had enjoy your, that. You had your bag. You had your visor. <laughs> you had your phone. You had your 
your headset. Me and Evelyn, me and Evelyn both yeah. had visors, <laughs> phones. I was like, and damn. then you're and then you're communicate. You're like your, uh, what they say? Your walkie talkies with your team. I was like, <laughs> damn. I was like, this is great. <laughs> All you need to do is show up <laughs> and like, look pretty is, and shake hands. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> It was good. It was great. Yeah. I like it. I like. I know. I know. I know. We should have further further talks with uh, Evelyn about like what are we gonna do in the future. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. It's just I already know. We're her. just gonna find someone to pay for the parties. I know for <laughs> real. We just need the money to pay for the parties. We'll do them. Look, guarantee. Like, give me the money. I promise you, I will come up with a. With we'll come up with like party. legit ass events. But you know, it's uh, we we just need money. We just we need just money. Gotta find the sponsors. <laughs> So by the sponsor, sponsor holding person. If you're listening, hit me up <laughs> on the DM. Anyway, so thank you so much, sis. Thank you. But we do what we are not, today on the show. We have somebody that does not talk about food, and we're actually kind no. of talk about food. But we have a very deep, very like important subject and a very important mm-hmm. guest. And I'm, I'm so glad that she came on the show. Do you want to talk a little bit about the guest, Polina? I can tell you a little bit about what we talked about. As you guys know, my daughter, my Krista, my daughter is uh, 11 and she's going into her tweens, teenage years, which has proven to be uh, the most difficult stage so far as parenting for me. So I was at a, I was at a conference and I met a Dr. Marcella Rondani, who is going to be on the show today on a talk about tweens and teens. And I thank God for that because she really opened up my eyes to a lot of the things that I should be doing. Also relieve some of the guilt that I felt as a mom. And we touched on a lot of different subjects that are, you know, pressing or youth now. I think it's, it's important for as a parent to be in the know about how to handle situations like this, because it's such a pivotal part of any person's life, uh, teenage years. And it's a scary one for parents. So if you still have small children, enjoy it because it gets more interesting. So this week on the show, we have Dr. Marcela Rondani. I don't know. She has a lot of like stuff after her name. So for God, forgive her <laughs> ESL and our lack of knowledge. Supermama's <laughs> disclosure here. Psy D-C-E-G-S-S-L-M-F-T-M-A. All of that. Impressive? All of that. Impressive. Impressive. Trilingual doctor in psychology, licensed marriage and family therapist. She has the most impressive CVD. Se llama CVD. Her her bio is just really impressive. She's worked with teenagers. She's worked with families, everything from eating disorders to mental health with children and helping parents navigate just, geez, life. Life. (laughs) Life with kids. You all are really going to enjoy this episode. I guarantee it. She's a great, great, great. She was a great guest. Let's just be all better parents. Without further ado, here is your interview with Dr. Marcella Rondani. And stay tuned after for Super Mama Pick or Tip of the Week. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rondani. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today. I am really excited and looking forward to this conversation. Before we get started, please introduce yourself to the Supermamas. Tell us who you are, where you're from, where you live, who you live with, what do you do? Why are you here today? (laughs) Tell us all things, Marcela, please. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so very happy to be here. My name is Marcela Rondani. I am a doctor in psychology. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. 
I am a mom, most important. I'm from Brazil and I came to the U.S. in 2006 and I work as a therapist. I worked in very different settings. Now what I have is a group private practicing and it's me and four other clinicians. I have two kids, two sons. One is 11, 12. He just turned 12 last week. (laughs) So one is 12 and one is nine. So he's basically an adult. He's basically an adult. He's basically an adult. <laughs> yes, he's running the house. He's like super teenager already. Which oh my is God. My fear, my fear came true. And I have my husband. His name is Giancarlo. He's Peruvian. And we live in Los Angeles. Oh, great, great. Well, I actually met you a few weeks ago. I went to a wellness summit mm-hmm. and I went to your talk and you were talking about tweens and teenagers. And I was like, I got to be there. I need to hear all about how to handle this stage. I also have a tween. She's 11. And it's been very interesting. It has been very interesting. I have to say that I was not ready for this at this early age. I I thought I had more time. I really thought I had more time. I guess we don't. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. I think a lot of our parents have this idea that the quote unquote teenage difficulties won't hit until later. 14, 15, little do we know that starts way early. And I feel, I feel, I don't know if I'm right, that girls are the ones that are a little bit earlier, showing signs a little bit earlier than boys. And well, I wanted to have just like a very open and honest conversation about what it's like to have a tween and teenager at home, how to best communicate with them. Any help that you can send our way would be great because I, not only myself, but I've heard uh, from a lot of parents, a lot of parents from my friends of my daughter, and just a lot of parents about how crazy it is And so that's why I want to have you and thank you for being here. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, it's, it's a, it's a big question, right? So we can start small and then we can go from there. You are right as far as research. So the girls are having earlier and earlier puberty right now. I think the average age is around eight, which is so. Wait, hold on one second. (laughs) Oh, rewind, rewind. That is what I wanted to have a research. Hold on, hold on, doctor. So you may tell me that the average age of a woman to get her period in 2023 is eight years old? Not, not have the period, but it starts the puberty process, right? And yes, we have a lot of girls getting period as early as eight, for sure. But the process, right? And the process can entail the period, but can entail a lot of hormonal change, which Paulina was talking about, like the mood is something that is very pleasant for us. And we notice Mm -hmm. right away. So there is the mood, there is the hormones, there is the brain development. So there is a lot of things that take place when, you know, a teenager goes to puberty. Boys. Boys, it is a little bit later. 35, maybe? (laughs) That would be my dream. That would be my dream. (laughs) So it is, it is a little bit later, but I feel like what's happening the past few years, it's becoming earlier and earlier than normal. But it is later than the girls. So the girls actually develop earlier, as we can see, right, in our, you know, in our lives. So is boys like 9, 10 later or 12, 14 later? So <laughs> you're all scared. <laughs> so typically it is around age 10, 11, okay. right, between 10 to 12. 
So more than 14 is considered like a later late bloomer. And earlier than that is considered more like early puberty because mm-hmm. there is a spectrum, right? So we can even see girls starting like seven, right? It, it's not the norm. And we can see boys starting earlier than 10. What it is, I, I don't fully know the reason, but I feel like we can blame like even the food that we eat, <laughs> right? Yeah. Modernization, even the things that the kids are exposed right now social media, more electronics. So the brain is developing faster and faster, right? Like we see babies on iPads, stuff like that. So that might be like my theory, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know anyone knows for a fact what's happening, but it, but we know the research shows that it is earlier. So that's yeah. why it is more complicated. It is more complicated. I think the hardest thing for me personally, talking about my own experience, is having to distinguish between what I see and what I feel with her. So what I see with her is this big girl that is my size that moves and walks like a woman, but acts like a baby where I'm, I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh, she's older, you know, she's already older. But then, then I catch her doing things like, like, you know, like things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, you're just a child. Like, I forget that you're literally a child. And, and so it's really hard to navigate that part, you know, where you're trying to expose them to what's happening with them, but shelter Mm -hmm. them at the same time. And it's, I think that's the difficulty of navigating these years. It is such a big challenge because they need the boundaries the most at this age, right? And brain-wise, they they start developing the prefrontal cortex just around age 13. It starts the development, right? And they end the prefrontal cortex development late 20s. So they are not really ready to all this like mature information, even though they look like they do. Right. Okay. okay. So it's, it's good for us as parents, right. To be like, whatever is going on here that they are saying and the body showing, we know that deep down inside, they are not ready for that. Got it. So let me treat them from this, this kind of developmental age that they are, if that makes sense. I never thought about it as the brain development. For some reason, to me, it's always been the body. But now that you mentioned it that way, like it makes complete sense. And I'm like, 20s? Late 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. So that's crazy. (laughs) It is. It is very complex. I think, you know, like I said, like I see this person and I'm having these conversations with her and I'm like, do you get what I'm saying? And sometimes she's just like, "Ah." even things like, it, which is my same talk all the time. It's like, go take a shower or go, you know, do your hair or things like that. Like say of hygiene or things like that. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I think she, I see her going into a stage where she, all she wants to do is eat and sleep, eat and sleep, eat and sleep, you know, like where they become, she was like always very active. And now she's like, you know, mm-hmm. that change I've seen a lot on her moodiness. It's like a teen, it's like a toddler again, you know, just having those like mood swings slamming doors, thumping on feet, and just like always, I feel like always angry. You know, they're always oh. angry. And sometimes I'm like, sure. right. And sometimes I'm like, is it something that I'm doing? Or like, is it like, sometimes I'm like, okay, enough. You know, I don't know how sometimes to treat her in those places, but it's, it's not only me. I've seen that a lot. And what they are doing, I think that helps us It's very hard, right? So let's start with that. But I think what can help us as parents is 
if we can understand that what they are doing is what they are supposed to be doing because a lot is going on inside of them, hormonal-wise and brain-wise, mm-hmm. they are just behaving like, like, let's use the irritation or anger as an example, right? There is so much happening inside of their brains and inside of their bodies that they cannot handle very well because it's very confusing for them that that's how they behave. Does that mean like, oh, whatever, just stomp the door whenever? No, right? Because they need boundaries. We are forming like humans. So we can put the bowling lanes like to help them. But I feel like just to help us with the compassion and expectations. Mm, I have very high expectations. I'm very, (laughs) no, I I mean, I got to be honest with you and be like, I'm always like, you got, you know, like, I like that. And it's, you know, it, it's good that I, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I'm like, I need help. You know, I need to understand this. And I thank you for explaining that because sometimes I forget. I really do forget that this is happening inside of her and I don't know how to handle it, you know, at, at this time. From us, right? We're adults. So everything for us, we know we're, we have expectations as adults. We have our own issues, right? That we're dealing with. And for me, anyway, I don't want to protect any mom, but for me, mm-hmm. all I want is for my kids to just do what I say and listen. Now, from them, their perspective, we're saying it, their, their brains can't conceive these things. Mm-hmm. And when you add hormones and when you add all those molecules happening in their bodies, their reaction is normal for it to be anger or screaming because they don't have the ability to explain, right? And I yeah. think it's like, Maybe we just put too much pressure on ourselves as parents and we expect our kids to just get it. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know from movies or from other kids or like, am I alone? Like, but you were saying this is normal. It's very normal. And I feel like in our generation, you know, like when we were growing up, we were not allowed to really, I don't know you guys, everyone grows up different, but like I didn't have space to be like, oh, I don't want this, right? These attitudes that we see right now, it wasn't very allowed. Doesn't mean we weren't feeling this inside, right? Right now, there is much more like communication and this openness with teenagers. So we can see more what they are feeling. They feel like they can tell us more what they are experiencing, which is a good thing and a challenging thing because... That doesn't mean because they are having those reactions that we shouldn't do our jobs, right? That we shouldn't uh, have high expectations or we shouldn't ask them to clean their room or go to school or eat or whatever it is, right? But it just means like our expectation is not they are going to be like, oh, of course, mommy, right? Like we are not (laughs) going to get that, but we are going to get like rolling eyes. We are going to get attitudes. But what is important is that the consistency, like this is what we expect. This is what we want. And we still can have the same expectation, right? So just going back to the prefrontal cortex, because they are starting to develop at this age, that means like they don't fully understand a lot of the things that we are asking. And again, that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask them. But they will get there, right? Like, yes, it ends the development late 20s, but they are getting there. So little by little, as they grow up, they can understand more and more, right? So planting seeds, we plant seeds, plant seeds, and then they start developing, developing and understanding more and more. Right, right, right. You know, something that really hit me personally during the talk that I heard from you was, I never thought about this before, I get weirdly, but maybe a lot of parents don't think about this. It's like, tweens and teenagers, their job is to separate from us. Like somebody said that in the talk, 
their job is to separate from the parents, to start separating. And I found that heartbreaking. Honestly, I was like, what? I I never thought about that before until, and again, I go back to, I thought I had more time. I thought I had more time. It really got to me when, when I heard that from the panel, because I was like, I realized that I was doing it all wrong, right? I was like thinking, oh my God, I'm trying to just keep her, you know, me here, here. And it is her job to actually start separating from me so she can become an independent human, you know, an independent person. And the thought of, but how do I direct her then? Like, you know, this game, this very like fine dance of like letting you be independent, but also getting you back. And another thing is, I think because kids nowadays are so exposed to so much there's an earlier and earlier talk about anxiety, about depression, about being emotional and dark and sad and this obsession with being sad all the time. Like I find not only her, but like a lot of her peers just talk about love. I love to be sad. And what? It's, yeah. <laughs> and then inside of me, yeah, you can ask. And then inside of me, I'm like, come on, but let's dance. Like, let's let's mm-hmm. come on. You know what I mean? And I don't understand that. Please help. <laughs> okay. So let's let's start with what you were saying first, right? So when you heard on the talk, right, us saying like, okay, the job of the teenagers is to separate, to individuate. That doesn't mean right now at 11. Okay, you are done, right? <laughs> it means like the process is starting. So that means like the push and pull. They are going to start pushing a little and then pulling in other areas, right? So it's like you said, this dance is start of this dance, right? They are ready when they leave to college, when they become an adult, right? But as I said about the brain, they are not going to be fully developed until late 20s. So they need us, right? So it's it's good expectation-wise to know they are going to push away, but we know they are not ready, right? They Mm -hmm. need us more than ever in a way. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I think like it's human nature and loving mother's nature to want our kids close to us, to protect. We are in a very scary world. Like the news are so scary, everything that we see. So of course, our natural instinct will be to like, let me hug my kids and don't let them go, right? But I think it's good. It's a good exercise for all of us to be like, I have this instinct, but I know developmental, they need to start having a little bit more independence little by little as they show me that they are ready, right? So it's mm. a process. It's not like we are there on the finish line. Regarding identifying with the sadness, so part of their development in their brain is they are going to try to look for the peers to identify themselves, right? So before they were looking at us, right, to identify themselves, Ugh, everything yeah. was us. Mommy, 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 like we couldn't even go to the bathroom, right? They would follow us, remember that time. Yeah. Now everything is the peers. So there are like different trends going around and especially if they have exposure to social media. So there is like they are trying to navigate all this exposure of different friends group and they are trying to latch into different groups to see who they belong. So I wouldn't take like, oh my God, this is how they are going to be. I think they are just like playing around and see what fits and doesn't fit. So my advice would be to ask like curiosity rather than criticism. Mm. So like, oh, I'm, I'm curious why you want to say all the time that you are sad. Like, are you really sad? Do you want to talk about that? 
right? So bringing more of that instead of saying, don't say that or stuff like that, because then you lose the momentum. Why do you like sad music? <laughs> yeah, like what is it about this music that 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 is that you are connecting with? Like I'm interested. Like is it the lyric? Is it the melody? Like who else reads uh, listen to this music? So then you can start opening up a door of connection. You know, another thing that I that was shocking was to find out that kids nowadays earlier and earlier start having different I'm not sure how do you say it in English, trastornos, like mm-hmm. you know, disorders. Uh, Disorders, like somebody was talking about kids having eating disorders as early as seven years old. I never thought about that before, about the eating disorders. I had eating disorders growing up, but I did not remember like that starting that early. And I started thinking about that as well. And so what are some signs as parents? Because I know like teenage years are very, they mark your life. You can either go, you know, you either go one way or the other. And I think that's what gives me so much, me, gives me anxiety Mm -hmm. of like, which way are my kids going, right? Like we're there, we're at that stage where, you know, it can go either way. So what are some signs that parents either like very healthy or very unhealthy signs that we should be looking for in our tweens or teenage? Like what are some of those things that we should be very vigilant about? So I'm going to say in a general way, right? And I want to make sure this doesn't mean uh, this person has an anxiety or depression or eating disorder, right? It's just like signs to keep an eye. And if you see some of the signs, then you can have a further conversation with your child or you can talk to the pediatrician or the teacher, right? It doesn't mean I'm diagnosing them, okay? But I would say like if you see a big change personality-wise, right? So you have someone that was like super athletic or super outgoing and then out of the sudden they are in the room. Again, this could be a normal sign of puberty, right? So I want to make sure everyone knows that. But if you see like this being very aggravated or very punctual, like this very extreme, then I would have a conversation. What's going on? Do you want to talk about how are things at school? Are you feeling okay? So it's just, again, just opening up a door of communication. As far as anxiety, we see like in kids, we see a lot of anxiety signs with fears, right? Like kind of like very afraid of sleeping or afraid of the dark or afraid of going places. Rituals, like if they develop rituals, like I can just do this if I do that. Like I can just go to school if I'm wearing this specific specific thing or like things like that. Again, doesn't mean they have anxiety, but it's just something to keep an eye. Eating disorder wise, we say like keep an eye if there is a change in eating behavior, right? Like out of the sudden, your child is not eating something that they loved a lot or they are losing a lot of weight or gaining a lot of weight. So changing weights. And again, it could be signs of puberty. It could be a normal sign of puberty because their body are changing and that's normal. And we want that. But if you see like extreme, you can, you can talk to the pediatrician. If they are wearing a lot of layers, if they are hiding their bodies a lot, it can be a normal sign of puberty, but it can also be a sign that they are hiding their body and further investigation. And if you see a lot of rigidity with food, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to eat these. I'm just going to eat this time. Or like severe over-exercising. Like those are signs to have more conversation about and investigate further. Oh my God, this is so, it's a lot. I'm like, oh my God. But it's also helpful. I think Mm. 
we're all about educating people and educating ourselves to try to understand and change and break those cycles. Like you were saying, we didn't grow up like that. We didn't grow up that way. And we want our kids to be better. And we're trying mm-hmm. to learn and messing up on the way, you know, because we're also Definitely. learning. Definitely. <laughs> and this is why we we like to do this and just bring people to help us. Because when we started the podcast, Karista, my oldest daughter, was about four, five. She was four. So we've gone through the whole growth through the podcast and just sharing how things change, right? Yeah. We, we used to talk about how do we put him to sleep? Time change. How does it affect mm-hmm. them? And now we're like, oh my God, hormones, you know, hormones, hormones, hormones. It's it's a lot. And I also feel like when once her body started changing, once, you know, the hormones started mm-hmm. kicking in, it was on high gear. I mean, it was like, like in one year, it was a huge change. And sometimes I try my best. I know we all try our best. But there are some things where I'm just feeling stuck. And I'm sure a lot of moms feel the same way. A lot of moms feel the same way. The good news is when you mentioned, uh, Paulina, you were saying like, oh, we want to make sure they are in the right direction. The good news is their brains, like I said, is developing and they are like little sponges. So even if they take a, a, a ride or a path that is not ideal, we can quickly bring back. And they can learn from that. So there is a lot of resilience in teens, especially. It's not so catastrophe right now, right? Like a lot of things can change, even if they start showing signs of anxiety or an eating disorder or depression. Like we have a lot of room to wiggle here. We just have to catch like the earlier, the better. And then Mm -hmm. working on that or working with the therapies or working as a family, right? Or working with the school, with the pediatrician. So we can quickly turn things around. If we are looking at signs of things happening, what are some of the things that we should be doing proactively so that we don't get to a situation where we just can't turn back? So if we see signs of like some depression, anxiety, eating disorder, drug use, my advice is always to try to act as soon as possible as far as offering support. So, of course, as a therapist, I'm going to suggest that the first line of support can be talking to a therapist. You, as a parent, can call the therapist first and explain what's happening, and then the therapist can guide you. So that's a good way to be. And then seeing if your child is, you know, willing to do that. Involving the pediatrician, if you have a, you know, a pediatrician that you like, it can be a good, a good way. Involving the school, a lot of schools, they have school counselors that can, you know, start having a conversation with the kid. So those, I think, like are good ways to start support. And parents having conversations with kids, right? Like it's very important that we are not afraid of their feelings because then they don't get afraid of their feelings. So we can get our hands dirty. Like we can sit down and be like, I'm concerned. I'm seeing you in your room a lot. I'm seeing you're crying. Can we talk about that? I'm on your side. You know, I'm here, no judgmental. And, you know, I'm not saying like 100% of the time they'll be like, oh, yes, mom, let me tell you everything. But it <laughs> right. is like that continuous work, right? Like little by little, they see like, okay, you are opening up the door. Like, you know, and then when they feel ready, they can go there with you. Especially yeah. if they feel like it's a non-judgmental place. Yeah. And I think that is another question that I have is how do you create that space in your house? Because sometimes, I mean, my kids eight. And sometimes it's one of those like, oh, it's fine. 
no, it's good. <laughs> Nothing. I don't remember. And I hear that that's normal, right? What sort of environment should we be creating intentionally in our house so our kids grow up in a space where they feel safe about sharing their feelings and that we encourage communication? And what are some of the things that we should not be saying that maybe we are saying today that can come off judgmental to children? Because sometimes as adults, we can say stuff, right? And especially in Latino households, we make fun of each other all the time. But how do we not do that so our kids feel safe and they don't feel judged? Beautiful question. So I will start backwards. I will start saying we don't want to lose our authenticity. We don't want to lose our culture. We don't want to lose like our unique flavors, right? We don't want to be robotic parents and just do like a prescription because I, I don't think that's healthy either. I feel like we need to be mindful that sometimes because they are so young, the things that we say to ourselves and to other adults in our lives might have a bigger impact than what we think. So we can try to be like super nice and super open with them. But if we are not like that with our parents or partners or friends, they are also going to see that. So that's one mm. thing. And mm -hmm. even to ourselves. So if I'm telling myself, like, if I'm ignoring my feelings or I'm being very hypercritical with myself, my body, the way I do things, if I'm always criticizing myself, that actually has more of an impact than you criticizing the kid themselves, right? Because mm. they learn by what we do, not by what we say, right? They learn by imitating. So that's one thing. And then the other thing I would say is like, if they bring big things, right? This is very hard for, I know I'm saying about myself and I'm imagining for other people, but like, try not to like re overreact right away, right? If they are bringing something like that, it feels like really hard to hold, Because you want to encourage the sharing, right? Mm -hmm. So even if they say like an eight years old, oh, okay, like I got something from my friend and I put it in my backpack. You might have a reaction as a parent, like, ah, oh, don't do that, right? But what we want to do is like, we want to encourage the communication. Maybe you want to go to the bathroom, put water in your face. Maybe you need to like revisiting the evening, take like digest, and then you bring it back. Like, thank you for telling me. I'm so appreciative of this communication. Let's talk together about why is this not a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. And then if we are talking about, you know, tw twins and teens, like we want them to share with us so-and-so is drinking, so-and-so is depressed, so-and-so is doing this and that, right? So we want to maintain the door open to not like overreact right away and gently explain the boundary. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I always, I will, I, sometimes I wonder how much information to share with kids this age? Because again, I think they have a question. Again, going back to the talk that I heard, because I thought that it was super interesting. Somebody said, there's two questions that you have to start thinking about since now that the, your kids are going to ask. And it's about when was the first time you had sex and how, which drugs have you used? And I actually had this whole conversation with my husband about this. I'm like, oh my God, you know, how are we, gonna, how are we going to handle this when she said, yeah, how are we going to answer? Like, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to address this? And sometimes I'm like, are we oversharing? Like, you know, sometimes I, I have conversations with my daughter and I'm like, did I say too much? Did I, did I say, did I give her extra information that she needed and need at this age? And maybe she didn't get it. Sometimes I don't know how much to share with them at this point, at this stage. 
That's very hard because, like you said, especially if your daughter is presenting already like taller and more like, you know, like older than her age. So that's that's something very important to be mindful. And I think Mm -hmm. it sounds like you have a good intuition about that. There is no right or wrong, right? There is no perfectionist here. I feel like it's a dance that we are learning as parents. And sometimes we might go a little bit more towards one direction. And then we might have to do like a little repair and vice versa. Sometimes we might be like more closed off and then we might like revisit and be like, oh, I feel like I can share a little bit more here. So okay. it's, it's hard to tell because every kid is very different. And I feel like you also want to be authentic to who you are. Right. Yeah. So if you are someone that is like a more open person, like that's who you are. Right. If you are someone that is more reserved, that will make sense. And then you are going to explain, these are my boundaries, honey. Like, I don't feel I want to talk about this right now. Maybe when you get older. Right. So it's like we need to respect ourselves because that's what we are teaching them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Sometimes I overthink too much and I realize that I have I've had the biggest impact with my with her when I'm just honest. The other day we were in the car and I don't know, she she mentioned something about, be, you know, parenting being hard or something. And I said, you know, it is really hard, babe. I said, I am, I am really trying and I'm learning with you. And I'm sorry that like, it's, it seems sometimes that you're my experiment, but I'm learning from you and I'm learning with you and I'm trying my best. I said, it's sometimes I, it's hard. I want to be your parent, but I also want to be your friend and I need to teach you how to how to have boundaries, but I also like, you know, want to give you freedom. And it's really hard to balance those things because I didn't have that growing up. So I'm learning with you and I'm sorry if I ever, you know, if I, if I make mistakes and she didn't really, she was like, Oh, I understand mom. But I saw that in the next, after the whole week, after I had that conversation with her, she would just come and give me a hug and be like, Oh mom, you know? And I realized I was like, I, honestly just told her how I feel. You know, I honestly was just like, I'm trying my best. It's hard being a parent and bear with me. And that really made an impact, you know, with her. And I've realized as those little things that we, we think, I can't tell them that. Why not? You know, I think like more than anything, like any Mm -hmm. other conversation that I've had with her, when I'm vulnerable and I tell her how I feel, that's when it makes the biggest impact. Yes. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And she can see you, right? She can see you and then she feels seen too, right? She feels like you guys are connecting this deeper way. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something also very beautiful. You said, you know, I didn't have this growing up. And I feel like a lot of us, I would say maybe all of us, but a lot of us are trying to reparent ourselves as we are parent our kids, right? So it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Well, thank you so much, doctor, for being here. Thank you for your help. Thank you for just being a soundboard and being a therapist to both my sister and I right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. We are all together. (laughs) Yes, we're all together. I think that's what we need. We need to build community and ask for help. Raising human beings is really difficult. Raising females, I think it's even more difficult. And Paulina's Mm -hmm. doing that times three. So... (laughs) We definitely need to be there for each other and we appreciate your time. We appreciate all the sisters who are listening and just know that you can always ask for help and how can our supermoms get in contact with you? How can they ask you questions? How can they learn work to get more resources from you? Oh, wonderful. Well, it's so good to know that you guys are sisters. That's so amazing. That makes it more, even more special, this conversation. I have my website is www.orendaclinical.com, Orenda, O-R-E-N-D-A. 
And people can email me on the website. I have an Instagram account. It's Marcella Rondani. They can DM me with questions. I'm happy to give resources. Even if people are not from LA, I know a lot of like mental health community all over the US, in Brazil. So I'm happy to connect people. I think, like you said, Brisca, it's very important that we don't feel alone. This is a very complicated thing. The hardest thing that we are doing is being parents. So we are not, we are, we are together. We are not alone. And whatever I can do to support anyone, I'm happy to. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, doctor. Um, I hope that we have you back on the show soon. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I would love that. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And stay tuned to Bermamas for the pick or tip of the week after this conversation. We'll be right back. And we are back. We're back. Heavy, man. But also, Heavy. there is hope at the end of the tunnel. I'm a, I mean, yes, 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 there is. Things are getting better. Um, I, I think I'm getting better with myself on more confidence. So that's that's what I need. I just need more confidence as a parent. I think we all need more confidence as parents, mm-hmm. you know. But sister, ¿cuál es tu pick or tip de la semana? Tell me. I think everyone who knows me personally understands, probably knows how obsessed right now I am with ChatGPT. And maybe we should have a whole episode about AI and ChatGPT. I know you're not using it. I'm making Fernando use it. I basically like every day I tell him, I'm like, did you install it? Are you using it? Use it. I use it multiple times a day. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Everyone should get on it. And yes, I'm obsessed. That's my obsession right now. ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. ChatGPT. Oh, but I okay. feel like we should have a whole episode just of on AI. on AI and everything that's happening in this world. And I'm not an expert. I just you know use it a lot and read a lot about it. But I I have to find someone who is like in like who who is like in the in and outs of AI and what is doing and how it's going to affect your children. But we should be talking to our children about today because this is moving faster than anything in the history of humanity. So yeah, so fast. Anyway, so fast there is. Well, you know, if we are gonna talk about that, I there is. Do you do you watch Last Week with Oliver on HBO? What is the name of that show? Last Week Tonight or something like that. Last Week Tonight with Oliver. There is an episode on AI that everybody should watch. I love his show. Like I love that show. I watch it every every Sunday. Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. If you guys Google it, there is an AI episode where he talks about ChatGTP how it's affecting like you know, college and all of that. Like, I think it's super interesting and you guys should totally watch it. I think it's, it gives you a, a little bit like a rundown of what's happening. But aside from that, this week I am going to go with, I went to the doctor for my eye. So I don't know if you, I'm sure you do, Bricia, but you probably don't know, like the dry, dry eyes is like one of the biggest things that goes under diagnosed. For a lot of people, for grownups, it's very important that you hydrate your eyes the same way that you hydrate your skin, the way, the same way that you drink water. The doctor told me, the eye doctor said that four times a day, anyone should be putting eye drops on their, on their eyes. They, she did a test on my eyes and usually a tear evaporates in 10 seconds. My tears evaporate in one second. So my eyes are extremely, extremely dry. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of issues. So she suggested 
this new brand of eye drops that mm-hmm. is that just got approved here in the United States, but she's saying that they're like really big in Europe. They are, the brand is Optase, O-P-T-A-S-E. It's called Dry Eye Intense Drops. If you guys feel like, you know, towards the end of the day, because of all the computer that we use, the, the phones, everything, our eyes get really, really dry. As she said that anyone, like everyone, you should be doing that too. You should put some drops in your eyes at night and also massage your eyes with warm compresses. Everyone should be doing that because it's the same thing as putting lotion on your on your skin. So Obtase Dry Eye Intense Drops, that is my pick this week. They're amazing. I've tried so many different ones, but she suggested this ones and my eyes just feel, it just, it just, it just feels different. I, they don't feel sticky. My eyes sometimes feel sticky because they're so dry. Now they just feel great. Yeah. Funny to say that because I think we had, didn't we have a whole a conversation about dry eyes the other, on another episode, but now I have this on my, on my desk and I do use eye drops like three to four times a day constantly. Are those the menthol ones that you used to use? Don't use those. They're not menthol. <laughs> I remember, remember a long time ago, we used to use menthol eyebrows. No, this is a, it's called Rotto. It's a great, I love. Oh, okay. Yeah, these are awesome. Everyone should have eye drops on your, on, on their, on their thing, on their purse, just like sunscreen, dark shades, must, a must. Everyone should be wearing shades too, uh, whenever you're outside. But also make sure that they have the UV protection. And blue light in your glasses. So that's it. That's it for the show this week. All right, sister, I will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter, also at underscore supermamas and in the face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Super Mamas!